Bobby and I are super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. I love the look and comfort of my new Oakley glasses. The lenses are like nothing I've ever experienced with their prism lens technology. These lenses protect my sun-sensitive blue eyes, but somehow also make colors even more vibrant and details even more clear. And let me tell you, Oakleys, they are popular in my household as both my sons argue over who gets to borrow my glasses. They both play outdoor sports and they know Oakley is the best for training. Plus, I think they want to look a little bit like Lamar Jackson, who is also sponsored by Oakley. Now, my personal favorite pair is from the HSTN collection. I've literally been wearing mine every day since I got them. So let me tell you what you should do. Head on over to oakley.com right now and get yourself a pair of glasses that will change your look for the better. But don't just trust me. Try them for yourself. Go to oakley.com for more information today. Well, Sarah, as the installation of Todd Munkin's new offense continues to progress, we're learning more and more about what Lamar Jackson's specific role will look like in this new revamped pro-style system in Baltimore. And as head coach John Harbaugh recently told Rich Eisen, number eight is going to have a ton, a ton of autonomy at the line of scrimmage. Harbaugh was very emphatic about it. More on what that might look like just ahead. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, May 31st. And this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Some new information came to light that has me a little bit more hesitant on DeAndre Hopkins than I was yesterday at this time. Not against him, but I'm treading more lightly. I'll explain why coming up. Plus, it almost feels like this is becoming a weekly segment at this point, but I'm going to dive into yet another NFL star who has high, high praise for Lamar. We have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. Bobby, we're inching closer and closer to Ravens training camp. And as we do, we're learning more about what this Todd Munkin led offense will look like with Lamar Jackson under center. Yeah, we certainly are. And John Harbaugh recently talked about it with NFL Network's Rich Eisen. Well, it'll be different. I mean, you know, it's different, obviously, different, uh, different coordinator is going to have a different a spin on things and a different style. And that's, we were pretty well determined uh, to um, just basically t- cast a wide net and really listen to all the different uh, candidates and see what they had to say and what direction their their vision for this offense would be. And when, when I started talking to Todd, it really was right away. It's almost love at first sight. You know, it's like, you know, I really understand what he's saying. And uh, I, I think this would be a good fit for Lamar. Just be with Lamar for five years and being with, you know, kind of, you know, just the offense that that I always kind of felt like the direction we would need to go when we had the players to do it. 
he was he, that's just the way he, he thinks and um, so I'm excited for that part but I'm also excited for the players that we brought in because that makes those things possible I mean you know coordinators I mean Greg Rome is capable of going different directions too but the fact that we're going to have some guys around him added some receivers uh, building on the tight ends building on the running backs building on a really good offensive line uh, that's going to give us an opportunity to do some things maybe that wouldn't have made as much sense in the past personnel wise too okay Sarah couple things here love at first sight and the offense I always kind of felt like the direction we would need to go when we had the players to do it those were the two quotes that stood out to me the most in that clip not only do they feel like they have the right guy calling plays up in the booth but clearly Harbs feels like they have the horses and as we all know that has not always been the case personnel wise over Lamar's five years in Baltimore to date. And Bobby, as I tweeted last week, Lamar was a unanimous MVP. And that was when he was throwing to Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin, and Chris Moore at wide receiver. Now he's going to be throwing at wide receiver, of course. We're not talking about tight ends, although that's obviously a huge group. But now he'll be throwing to Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, and Devin Duvernay. I think we know what direction Harbaugh was referring to. I'm not crazy good at directions, just generally speaking in life, but I, I know exactly where he's at here, partner. And not to even mention the tight end and running back rooms as well, which is where you were going there, both of whom Munkin certainly won't be neglecting. Now, here's more from Harbs, though, because he talked about one of the big changes Lamar is going to be tasked with under center with Munkin. Uh, I know Lamar does want to have more responsibility than he's ever had before at the line of scrimmage. That's the way Todd's built. That really got my attention. Uh, Lamar's going to be very responsible for making decisions at the line. And I love the way it's being taught right now, the way the system's being organized. And, uh, you know, like I said, we'll see what it looks like when we see it, but I'm excited about it. Just in review here, Lamar gets OBJ. Lamar gets his pro-style offense. Lamar gets his record-setting contract extension. And now Lamar gets some serious autonomy, to use your word from earlier on, at the line of scrimmage, which is going to allow him to showcase his film study and football IQ by reading and identifying coverages while making adjustments as needed. Hey, he's done plenty of this over the years, don't get me wrong, but based on Munkin's track record when it comes to what quarterbacks are asked to do underneath him specifically, and also just listening to the way Harbs is describing things, not just with Rich Eisen, but also just in his press conferences over the last couple of months, I'm expecting a significant change with Lamar's command. Significant. Harbaugh was clearly emphatic about it. And, you know, Lamar's football intelligence has been questioned before far too often for my liking throughout his football journey. So I look forward to him having a chance to continue quieting that noise as he takes the next step in his QB evolution. Yeah, that makes two of us. And one more nugget before we jump to topic two, and it's back to John Harbaugh. And this was from his most recent interview on the Adam Jones podcast. He was asked how he was able to remain so calm a few months back when Lamar's infamous trade request was announced just as Harps was scheduled to sit down with reporters in Arizona for the league's annual owners meetings. It was surprising. I, mean, I can't sit here and say I wasn't surprised, but I really kind of wasn't surprised either because we knew that he had asked for the trade, which had happened, I don't know, maybe two weeks, two, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was. He'd asked for the trade at the combine. And uh, as he said since... That was more of a negotiating tactic. Now, 
I don't know because I think emotions do run high and we're all humans. And I think we all understood that at the time. But we just, you know, we just knew, Adam, that the relationships were, were intact, that we cared about each other. But I, I, there was always going to be frayed edges, you know, it's always part of it. But when I, when I walked up there, I didn't expect the conversation to be about that because it seemed like that was more of a private thing. So when it came out uh, and the timing of it where all of a sudden I sat down and everybody's on their phones and then all of a sudden, and Jerry, you know how this works at, the, at those owners meetings. It went from a big crowd because they wanted to talk about Lamar to everybody was at our table. And it became like six, seven, eight deep cameras. Uh, and and it was people look at their phones and say, what do you have to say about Lamar just tweeting that he, he requested a trade and he wants to, he wants to be traded? And, and here's the deal. I was like, whatever reason, I had a sense of calm came right over me. And I actually prayed a, a quiet prayer. I just said, just Lord, just help me to be calm and give me the right words. And it just kind of hit me right then that, you know, this isn't about business. I mean, this isn't about like emotions. It's not about wanting, not wanting. It's all just about business. You know, this is part of the process. It's not really surprising. There's going to be tactics involved. I'm sure there's advisors advising tactics and all that. So if it's not really about this little thing, don't make it about this thing. And for some reason, and also the voice said, just keep smiling, just keep smiling, you know, and, uh, and, uh, thankfully just was able to kind of get through without saying something that would have been damaging. Still to come here on the vaults, what everybody's talking about, and we'll give you more of it. Deandre Hopkins. Bobby and I are super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. I love the look and comfort of my new Oakley glasses. The lenses are like nothing I've ever experienced with their prism lens technology. These lenses protect my sun-sensitive blue eyes, but somehow also make colors even more vibrant and details even more clear. And let me tell you, Oakleys, they are popular in my household as both my sons argue over who gets to borrow my glasses. They both play outdoor sports and they know Oakley is the best for training. Plus, I think they want to look a little bit like Lamar Jackson, who is also sponsored by Oakley. Now, my personal favorite pair is from the HSTN collection. I've literally been wearing mine every day since I got them. So let me tell you what you should do. Head on over to Oakley.com right now and get yourself a pair of glasses that will change your look for the better. But don't just trust me. Try them for yourself. Go to Oakley.com for more information today. Okay, Sarah, on Tuesday morning, we released an in-depth episode about the potential for DeAndre Hopkins, and you were pounding the table pretty hard for the Ravens to pursue him. But as we discussed offline before this one, some new information came to light that maybe has uh, maybe just maybe you're actually tapping the table rather than pounding. <laughs> yeah. But before I get to that, I just want to give an update from NFL reporter Ian Rappaport while he was on the Pat McAfee show. This is a question that everybody's asking. Ian was asked what a new contract might look like for Hopkins. How much could he get? And this is what Ian had to say. In this world, in sort of free agency or whatever, you want to compare apples to apples, right? So you have a 30-something young 30s receiver who's a free agent at a time when not a lot of players sign. We just saw that with Odell. He made 15 million base up to 18. That would be a great contract for DeAndre Hopkins. 
I'm not sure that's where he's going to get. Um, I know only one team offered Odell that, and that was the Ravens. My guess is it's more likely resembles the, like, like we talked about this before, like the Michael Thomas deal where it's like one for 10 with incentive laden to the chance to make 15. That's probably what it's going to end up like. But again, if you if there are teams fighting for him and you want to sign him, he does have leverage because he's a rare, really, really good free agent who's available right now. So according to Over the Cap, the Ravens have about $11.5 million in cap space right now. And if Ian is correct, and D-Hop got something in the neighborhood of a base of $10 million or so, the Ravens would either need to use void years again, which we've seen this offseason, or restructure their other deals because they need more than the remaining $1.5 million to fill needs at pass rusher and cornerback, plus a slush fund for injuries and potential trades going into the season. And remember, they already have about $6 million on their cap next year due to using void years, and that's if they re-sign OBJ and some other guys. If they don't, it would force millions more on the cap next year, and I know how you feel about kicking that cash down the road. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bobby, I usually do preach cap discipline for the Ravens. I am not one of those people that say, oh, the cap isn't real, the cap is cap. That mantra is not something that I promote. But, but for somebody of DeAndre Hopkins' caliber, who rarely comes available at this time of year, I would be willing to go ahead and spend more money, kick a little can down the road, not a huge one, uh, only because I feel like this year the Ravens are all in on a Super Bowl run. And I've especially been very much against the idea that EDC should not pursue him, DeAndre Hopkins, simply because it would make Rashad Bateman or some of the other wide receivers upset. But here's just a reminder about how I feel about this from our longer episode of 45 Minutes from Tuesday. Here's what I said about wanting Bateman and all the other receivers to compete. But at the end of the day, when it comes back to it, I'm a competitor at heart. You're a competitor at heart. That's what I did at the Ravens. Everybody wanted that job at the Ravens. Everybody comes for it. I welcomed the competition. And when I got beat I said good job there were jobs given out that I wanted that I didn't get and I go in there and I say good job and I put my head back down and I compete and then I leave and then I come on here with you and we compete we we don't have any backing we don't have huge stuff we compete so so it just doesn't feel right to me that it's like no we're not going to give this because it might make Bateman feel some type of way I love Bateman and I love his potential, but he got the keys two times in a row when I to, to, to the wide receiver room. When I say keys, he was a starter two years in a row, basically with no competition, none. And so now you're telling me let's give Bateman because we're, we're nervous. He might feel a certain type of way that he gets no competition for the starter job again for the third year in a row. For the third year in a row? Listen, I'm all about giving him an opportunity, but but so what? Now you're not going to pick up a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins? And there's other arguments not to pick him up, and it could be cap-related. But to me, if the only reason is I don't want to tick off Bateman, to me, that's not a good enough reason. Get in there. If you're the wide receiver one that you think that you are, two 30-year-old wide receivers are not going to change that. You're saying that you could be the top guy in the NFL. You're a wide receiver one. That's not going to change. Get out and show me. Show me that. Stay healthy. And if he's healthy, he will do that. So here we are now on Wednesday. You're still standing by that, no? Yeah, of course. So so that opinion I stand by. I, I don't think you should steer away from DeAndre Hopkins purely because 
you know, you're nervous that some some other receivers may not like it. I, I have not changed that at all. I believe in competition. I think it makes everybody better. And so far, Bateman hasn't had much competition over the last few years, and it's produced three, just three career touchdowns, whereas Hopkins has 71 career t- touchdowns. So, yeah, bring in the competition. Now, as to why I've decided to start treading more lightly with calling for the Ravens to sign Hopkins. I got a phone call from somebody in the know. And as much as I'd like to be more transparent, I wasn't given permission to provide details of that conversation, but I'm bringing it up. I wouldn't bring it up and just be vague just to like, you know, lead people on, but I'm bringing it up so that you know why I'm not going to be pounding the table as hard for him. So what I can say is that if what I was told is true, I'm not so sure Hopkins would be a great locker room fit in Baltimore. And if what I was told is true, he doesn't seem uh, like a guy the Ravens would pursue. It's not something this organization usually pursues. So Remember, I said yesterday that Hopkins, he really would be a splurge purchase. And I say that based off of the money the team has left under the cap and the wide receivers they have under contract. But to me, you have to be 100% certain about a player if you're going to splurge on them. And right now, I can't say that I'm 100% on him anymore. Again, I'm not against it. I'd let the Ravens do their due diligence to figure everything out. But I'll just close by quoting the Athletics' Jeffs Rebick and his column that he wrote Tuesday morning, which to me is a significant quote based on my phone call yesterday afternoon. Quote, Jeff says, the Ravens did their due diligence on Hopkins earlier this offseason, back when it was well-documented that the Cardinals were looking to unload the wide receiver. They did their homework on the player, his personality fit, and what it would take in terms of draft capital and salary cap space to make a deal work. Ultimately... They backed off, close quote. All right, Bobby, another week, another NFL star talking up Lamar Jackson. Yeah, this really is becoming a weekly segment this offseason, so it seems. But uh, I guess that just speaks to how much respect the NFL brotherhood has for number eight. Here's a clip from a recent podcast appearance made by Miami Dolphins cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. What quarterback do you hate to face? Lamar Jackson. Oh. Just because you can't really do much. <laughs> Were you happy for his new contract? Not for me, but for him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy didn't even have to think twice about that answer. I mean, he was a surefire guy, and he did not stutter. And he did not blink. And Bobby, this isn't the first time Jalen has shown love to Lamar during a media appearance. Remember what he said in November on LeBron's show, The Shop? Best quarterback you've played against that you're like, damn, this guy's good. The best one you've played against. As far as talent or or just overall? Overall, it's time. Easy. But talent in the game where you're like, this guy's on. Mahomes. Talent? Yeah. Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes like that, but I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I might be a little biased because they blew us out, but Lamar Jackson, Lamar, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is so tough. He's tough. Oh, they were pushing hard for Mahomes. I remember covering this on the vault actually last fall, but Jalen stood his ground. And again, this comes on top of last week's comments from D-Hop. Uh, I love Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is one of my favorite athletes and since I've been watching sports, I'm a, I'm a sports fan. Uh, so I, I was watching Lamar when he played Clemson, my alumni, and I was like, who is this kid? So I've been a fan of Lamar for a long time. 
Uh, so, you know, obviously he's one of the greats. And, you know, I would, I would be lying to sit here and say, you know, it wouldn't be an honor one day, uh, you know, if my career allows me to play that long, to play with a great guy and a great quarterback like Lamar. Or, you know, with Tom Brady, I was like, I want to play with a Tom Brady. I'm a receiver. You know, Marsh, you know how it is. That's yes, right. You want to play you want to play with some of the best quarterbacks, uh, you know, that's out there. And, and Lamar is obviously one of those. And before we fly, some other quick news items, which is sponsored by Oakley, beginning with PFF ranking Ronnie Stanley is the fourth best offensive tackle in the AFC going into the 2023 season, which put him just outside the top 10 overall at the position. And if you ask me, that's too low. Elsewhere, former Ravens and Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, he says he kind of regrets the way things ended in Pittsburgh when he held out a year while on the franchise tag for the second time. The two sides couldn't come to a deal because of a dispute over guaranteed money. Le'Veon said, quote, yeah, it was a little petty, the little guarantee stuff. I'm thinking like, dang, I could have really just ate it. Yeah, I probably could have. Probably could have really ate it. I didn't want to leave Pittsburgh. At the end of the day, that's where I was. That's where I got drafted at, especially after going to different teams and seeing how it is. When a team has their guy, you're their guy. I was Pittsburgh's guy, close quote. And finally, John Harbaugh explained to Rich Eisen why the Ravens voted against the NFL's new fair catch rule on kickoffs. He said, quote, I think there's always the law of unintended consequences. Just to assume that because the ball is popped up and somebody fair catches it, there's going to be less helmet to helmet speed collisions, I think is very wishful thinking, close quote. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. As you probably know by now, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll give us a chance to keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to two of our returning patrons, James Wiley and D Black. We appreciate your support. We'd love to hear from everyone, whether you're a patron or not, with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today. But we will be back on Thursday with the Ravens news you need to know.